Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to Lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning to you. Welcome. It's July 25th, a Thursday. Whoops, what happened to me? <laughs> Thursday. Uh, after the Wednesday in which Robert Mueller reluctantly testified on uh, Capitol Hill. I have nothing to say that hasn't been already said. I'm going to, um, my biggest takeaway is I fall back on that quote uttered first on this program by the former editor of Pittsburgh City Paper. It has to be 10 years ago. Chris Potter said, we are an unserious people living in very serious times. And that is what I've returned to. It was, where is this headline? It wasn't the, it was below the fold headline uh, in the New York Times today. Uh, the headline above the fold, I thought, was as a journalistic headline should be. It was this, Mueller defends inquiry and says Russia isn't done. I think those are two you know, reasonable statements about that. But below the fold in another report is a headline that bespeaks what we've become, what our culture is. And it says, refusal to dramatize findings prevents blockbuster meeting. Uh, moment. Failure to dramatize or dramatize. Failure to dramatize prevents blockbuster moment. Drama, blockbusters, these are words in the lexicon of entertainment, performance. And quite clearly, Robert Mueller is no performer. He's the antithesis. And that makes him the wrong man for these times. Everybody was saying nobody read the report, but this will be like seeing the movie. And to most Americans, used to the entertainment culture in which they live, this was one dull movie. As dull as the report. No sound bites, really, no. Just this seemingly fumbling old man refusing to say much of anything. And so what I'm talking about now are the optics more than the substance. But that is who we are. That is what matters now in our culture. Not the substance. The optics. It's why Donald Trump is the perfect president to represent these times. There's no substance there with Donald Trump. 
But man, there are optics. There is entertainment, even if it is vulgar as hell, as low culture as it can be. And so there was this reticent man from another time. He seemed like an alien. So not what the audience demands now. We don't want sober. We don't want reticent. And it doesn't play. So even though I was talking to an earnest friend of mine last night who said, I thought it really went well. I mean, he said this and he said that. And it was clear that Trump not only lied under oath that he this, that he that, that blah, blah. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter as theater and we're all about theater so that's where it got me we didn't move forward we didn't move back we're stuck we're stuck. Someone who knows theater uh, tweeted this, summed it up. This comes from Hollywood. The guy is named Judd Apatow. I'm assuming you know that name. So this is a guy who knows optics, theater. And he watched, and he had the same reaction I did. He said this, Sadly, it is ultimately about entertainment value. Our lives now are a sport they are doing, play-by-play play for, in order to sell ads. <laughs> the true stakes are always ignored. It's network, and he's talking about the movie that warned us about what television was going to become. It's network, he said, times ten. Yeah. I mean, he would know. I thought one particularly compelling uh, piece, if I can find it, came from the Washington Post, and it was not on the political page, it was on the, in the style section, which I find odd, but, but we're all about style now, so I guess not, but I thought it was pretty eloquently done. I'll share with you the first paragraph by Dan Zak, Z-A-K. It came down to this. An old man in a charcoal suit who didn't want to talk. A former Marine just shy of his 75th birthday dragged into serving his country one last time though there's little honor in it now. A hangdog Mona Lisa before a gallery of bobbleheads, subjected in the winter of a dignified career to the indignities of Congress.
I don't want anybody beating, beating up on him. This see, we we don't do integrity now. We don't do honor. I have problems with his refusal to sort of step up and to the moment to challenge himself to do what was uncomfortable for him to speak in English if he's capable of it instead of legalese I've got my problems with all of that too and I'm disappointed in him but that was an honorable man and there were a lot of dishonorable men peppering him with insults yesterday I got a, I, I, when I first started listening to it after the yesterday's show when I tuned it back in there was some guy just practically screaming at Mueller and I didn't know who it was I came in in mid and I was stunned. I was stunned with the disrespect, the inflammatory, outrageous stuff he was saying. And Mueller, after being abused by this SOB, said nothing. I later found out that the SOB I was listening to was one of our own, newly elected member of Congress from southwestern Pennsylvania, who we spoke about on yesterday's show, Guy Reschenthaler. What a vile man. He actually called Mueller un-American or something. Or the, his, I, I, I was so stunned with what I heard. And there it was, the juxtaposition of the vulgarity that we are now culturally. That this is how members of, con a freshman, he is the freshest of freshman members of Congress. He's a nobody. And he gets to disrespect this man who took a bullet in Vietnam, who steered the FBI after 9-11, who in so many ways always said, yes, sir, when asked to do something for his country and never, ever comported himself like a drunken frat boy. We are a very unserious people living in very serious times and that does not bode well for any of us. If the caller's still there, hello. Yes, Lynn. Yes. Yes. I've got a couple of things uh, along this same line. I was listening to CNN a little while ago to their call-in uh, line. Somebody called in who said they were from Pennsylvania and was putting forth the idea that he can tell from Mueller's demeanor that he is slipping into Alzheimer's. And he went on at length describing things that Mueller did and said that tells him that he's, he's really into Alzheimer's. This made me so furious that this, that this could, people can do this. And you could tell from his voice he was very cultured. Uh, he didn't. He was. He was very sophisticated as he talked. He must. He was talking from a script, and he was hired to do that. Well, 
I, I don't know that, but I do know that um, the sort of halting uh, performance uh, performance uh, by Mueller certainly did. Uh, for people who care about him, there was concern. Uh, was his hearing bad? I've heard the audio in the room was bad, so that even members of Congress were having trouble hearing things in it. Um, mostly it was his reticence. His hands were shaking before he took the oath. He, You know, we think this guy is made of granite. It turns out he's a human being. Right, exactly. He was under a lot of, of pressure. pressure. I watched yeah. I watched as much as I could during the day. I also would like to, to tell you that I have already called my my representative and the my two senators to give them my opinion. And I urge everybody else to do that. They're waiting to hear from us. Thank you. I'm reading the Mueller report right now, and be, between the hearing and what I'm reading in the report, of course, I'm, I'm picking and choosing what I'm reading because it's very lengthy. But anybody who cares at all about the, the welfare and the safety and security of our country has got to get on the phone and let your congressmen and senators know what your what how you feel and wake up and feel something thank you that's thank that's you. about all i have to say well, Lynn, that... but boy i i'm on your side i listen every day i'm i'm as concerned as you are about this well you said a mouthful and you are um clearly a good citizen would that there were more of you. Try to be, and I try to preach it to everybody, but I am feeling from the response I'm getting, <laughs> I'm feeling very down. Yeah, well, <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, <laughs> me too. But it's no We're different. Yeah, no different than the down I felt two days ago or last week. I mean, yeah, we're in a bad time. Yeah. We're in a really bad Because time. I can't wake people up. It's amazing. I can't make them see how important this is in their in their lives and the lives of their children. Well, this is how this is how grand experiments end. This is how it goes down. Um, that, you know, that, our founding yeah, father says we've you know what have you when asked you know what they were up to we well we've given you a republic if you can keep it. Well, I, yeah, I don't think we're up right. to it anymore. Really. Thank you. But though. I'm not going to stop fighting. Good. I'm no, not no. going to stop. No, you can't. And we, we can't. all must. No, we can't. Yeah, right. Thank you. And and we can keep listening to you and, and everything you have to say. Oh, Thanks gosh. so much. Man. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so here's this quiet man yesterday, and one of the things I heard him say when asked about Russia interfering in our next election in 2020, you know, their interference could well have been the difference. We do, I don't know that that's quantifiable. That put Trump in. That's who they wanted in. That he made clear again. They're going to want him in again. And Robert Mueller yesterday, when asked about the security of the 2020 election and whether or not the R Russians would do it again, he said, they're doing it as we sit here. Although he didn't say it like that. <laughs> He's not vociferous in any way. They're doing it as we sit here. No affect. So it's not like, in that regard, he wasn't the right man for the moment. You know, it's, it's, as, it's as if Paul Revere on his horse uh, quietly um, said, 
the British are coming. The British are coming. No one really heard, but he wasn't given to shouting. Our next election is in jeopardy. In any other time in my lifetime, when it was made clear at a congressional hearing that a foreign government who wishes us ill, by the way, not our friends, a foreign government had spent a lot of time and effort dividing the American people and upending our, the integrity of our election, there, I can't imagine that not being huge, that knowledge. And the fact that that knowledge, and it's known, has been greeted with Boring. Boring. Can we pick up the pace here? Can we have some dancing girls? Could we have like, you know, I got to watch The Bachelorette. Get this off. To this day, the Republicans have refused to even consider any legislation for ensuring the security of the 2020 election. Do you know that? Why would they want election security? They need the Russians. There are traitors amongst us, true traitors. And some of those traitors were going after a true patriot yesterday in Robert Mueller. One of them, the loathsome guy Reschenfaller. And if he is your representative, man, would I give that son of a bitch a piece of my mind. The New York Times editorial did not note any other Republican by name, I don't think, but they talked about him and said, in one particularly disgraceful jab, he accused Mueller of his investigative process of being un-American. So, yeah. It was disgraceful. So, when, when you set up a situation in this day and age, when the star of the movie eschews any star quality, doesn't want in any way the cameras on him doesn't want any of that attention then you're going to get what you got yesterday which doesn't play in America today Boy, those are my gut reactions to it all, and it leaves me um, as depressed as the caller. And speaking of callers, I believe we have another. Hello, caller? Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know I'm not a big fan of Mahler, but yeah, they were very disrespectful to him. But I don't blame it on his age. I blame it on health problems because there's plenty of 75-year-old men who are witty and they're, they're sharp as hell. But hell, my, aunt, my wife's aunt, 97 years old, and she died. She, you know, 
sharp as a tack. So I don't the age thing and just throw that to the side. I don't believe that all the time, but I do think they were disrespectful. But I think why did why did you take the job then? You know what I mean? Why did you take the job? And it, to me, a prosecutor should explain why he did things and what he came to, what conclusion he came to. It just didn't make sense. And the last thing, the bottom line, we didn't win the Senate, so it don't matter if we call our congressman or whatever we do, we're not going to get that guy impeached. He, we're going to have to vote him out, and that's the only way we're going to get him out. I that's think so, simple as that. So forget all the funny stuff that we're mad about and all this. We didn't win the Senate, so we can't throw him out. Right. So we're going to have to vote him out. Right. Can you imagine? You know, uh, the, the other thing, can you imagine that Donald Trump sat, you know, eating cheeseburgers and drinking Diet Cokes and watched that whole thing. He watched as the testimony showed that he surrounded himself with liars and crooks and that his conduct, if it were any other person, would have been criminal conduct that would have gotten him um you know in taken out in handcuffs but because of that uh whatever that that finding by some who knows who some anonymous person in the justice department that you cannot you cannot indict a sitting president he's he manages to escape the reach of the law and he listened to that whole thing and then goes out and says I'm vindicated. Anybody else listening to that, this litany of what a crooked, corrupt uh, administration and, and campaign that you have, are responsible for, would hide their face in shame. But he and the Republicans who aid and abet him have none. They have no shame, and we're going to suffer as a result. I, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I feel filthy. I feel dirty living in their world. I really do. And one more thing. 44% of the people aren't serious. That's the Republican Party. That's who's not serious. The other people are serious. I believe there's a lot of serious. Well, we'll we find out. Do. We'll find out in oh, 2020. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Okay. Thank right. you. Bye. 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 We have another call. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Lynn, I listened to the director Muller's yesterday mm-hmm. and I was very hurt the way um that guy R said spoke to him. It was very sad. Another radio station said he was elevating himself and that's exactly what he was doing. It's a, it was an outrage and it it shows how he he is boy. I mean I was jumping on the squad the other day for being, you know, freshmen who should just calm down a little and get to know the ropes before you start sounding off so much. <laughs> this guy self-aggrandizing and he is I mean, he doesn't measure up to Robert Mueller's shinbone. I mean, it is it, it was mind-boggling. And I understand he went on what the big blowhard station, uh, Wendy Bell, who completely, completely agreed with him. Thought he was well, wonderful. That, right. Well, and one other, two other things. Uh, when the congresswoman said, when she mentioned impeachment, and Director Mueller said that's one. So there's other things in the Constitution that they're uh, delving into. And my last comment is, Director Mueller's middle name is Swan, and my vision is to have him floating on an ocean somewhere to a Director Mueller with the, with the American flag. I still have hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Bye. Yeah, his middle name is Swan. 
I've never heard anybody with a name like that. Little Tony writes, Lynn, sometimes we so think alike. I listen to Guy Reschenthaler and agree with you wholeheartedly. What a p what a blankety blank he is. But he's a veteran and he's a former magistrate and blah 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 all of which he said I'm a this, I'm a that, I was in jail, I did this. It was so obnoxious. We know this because he told us when he was questioning Mueller. Oh, yeah, and he called the two sleazebags on the radio, Wendy Bell and Marty Griffin. Thankfully, I missed that. Well, I heard, I read about that exchange, and wow, they just rolled over. I would have ripped him up one side and down the other. As far as Mueller, little Tony says, I thought it went well, and I don't get all the criticism. I think he's an honorable man, and he knows Trump is a crook. Well, little Tony, you're just out of step. Uh, he was not entertaining. He was not forceful. He was quiet and barely spoke and kept forgetting to talk into the microphone. And I don't know. Not ready for prime time. Henry says, there was one short-lived win yesterday when Mueller said in not so many words that if the Office of Legal Counsel Policy did not exist, he, he would have indicted Trump. But then, no, he walked it back in the second session. But regardless, it seems to me as though Trump could face charges. Yes, he could. What, is your, what are the odds? You know, I was thinking this morning. The only way he gets away is by getting reelected. So for him, the stakes are really great, too. Um, I think that because it seems so obvious to me that he should get arrested and charged and jailed for his multitude of crimes, um, I bet nothing will happen to him. Because one thing we've learned is that rich guys somehow get off. Henry says that the purpose of the hearing is discovery. This is a poor forum and format for achieving that. Well, you know, Mueller made clear he wasn't going beyond what the report already said. And then it became clear that he himself had, couldn't remember some of the report. Russ writes, the mainstream media, fake news as Trump calls them, elected Trump in 2016 and they will again in 2020. My concern too, because he is a ratings cash cow and they're sucking at his teat. You bet. You bet. The undisputable outcome of the hearings writes was that Trump is guilty of at least obstruction if not treason and CBS last night said that Mueller looked like a confused old man and that Trump was taking a victory lap I just shake my head and await his next inauguration optics it's all optics Russ you must be old-fashioned too you're talking about the substance that came out nobody heard it P.S. Reschenthaler was going for the soundbite he would use in his next election. It was embarrassing as a Pennsylvanian. Yeah. 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 Well, here's another point of view. <clears throat> David Leonhardt. New York Times, who I some sort of said the same thing, but, but I was saying I also don't want to criticize Mueller, but in many ways he wasn't the right man for these times because he doesn't do performance art. You know, we got a president who got to, got to the presidency because he was the star of a crappy reality show. 
Robert Mueller got to where he was by just a lifetime of service to the country and avoiding, eschewing the spotlight. That's not the kind of guy we go for. This is a country that goes for guys like Trump. So that begets this kind of point of view, David Leonhardt. I can't escape the feeling that Robert Mueller failed to do his job. Yes, he conducted a thorough investigation of President Trump and Trump's campaign, but when that investigation was over, Mueller ducked the tough decisions. He refused to clear Trump in the areas where no evidence implicated him in a crime, and he refused to conclude that Trump had broken the law when the evidence clearly indicated he had. Instead, he tossed the hard decisions to Congress, a, con a Congress riven by partisanship, whose, where fact-based, widely accepted conclusions are all but impossible. I imagine that Mueller may not mind the criticism he is receiving since issuing the report. It has come from both the left and the right, which can make his critics appear partisan and him appear interested only in truth. Unfortunately, he didn't help the American people get nearly as close to the truth as he could have. Mueller should have stated that the evidence strongly suggested that Trump committed obstruction of justice and campaign finance crimes. But because justice policy holds that sitting presidents can't be indicted, Mueller could have explained that the right place to hear these cases was Congress. Anyway, he's saying, and, and, and let me just, here's a few other people. And I agree with this. Schiff was brilliant. Schiff was really good, head of the, head of the House Intelligence Committee. Um, some, Tom Nichols, Naval War College, said Schiff's five minutes and Mueller's answers to Schiff's questions would have been enough for Republicans to impeach and convict any other president before sundown. And that is true. And it shows how inured we've become to having a crook in the White House and enablers in the Congress. David French, writing in the National Review, says, it is now quite possible that that Office of Legal Counsel opinion that you can't indict a president has saved Trump from two indictments. One in the Southern District of New York for his role in the Stormy Daniel payoffs and the other from the Special Counsel's office. That's written by a conservative writer. It is true. And here is a criticism that I do agree with. This is Ronald Brownstein uh, writing in The Atlantic. Mueller has displayed a crimped understanding of his civic obligations. He has accepted essentially no responsibility for helping the public understand his report beyond the dense legalese language in the document itself. He could have made this more coherent and understandable for us. He explicitly chose not to. And in that regard, I repeat, uh, with more criticism, he was, it turns out, the wrong man for these times. Brooke writes, Guy Reschenthaler is my representative, unfortunately. He ran a dirty race unbecoming of a naval veteran. A little-known fact, in 2013, Reschenthaler briefly co-hosted a radio program with Carl Higby, 
who resigned from the Trump administration in 2018 because of anti-gay, anti-Muslim, racist, and sexist remarks he made on, guess what, Reschenthaler's radio program. What do you have to say to resign from the Trump administration for sexist and racist comments? What the hell did he say? Reschenthaler also wrote the foreword to Higby's self-published book, which contained racist, homophobic, and xenophobic content. Reschenthaler said that he denounced the book and was unaware of its contents when he wrote the foreword. That has to be a lie. You can't write a foreword. I've written forewords to books. You cannot write a foreword if you haven't read the book. There's no way. CNN has reported that Higby's book was a frequent topic of discussion on the radio show that Reschenthaler co-hosted. Geez, who are your neighbors in that district? Wooey, woo. They elected him. And as I said, we were talking about him yesterday, and I believe Ryan Dito said that the Democrats put up a weak candidate against him. And I'll tell you, that's in this state, Democrats are really, really good at picking weak candidates. Katie McGinty comes up. Oh. Uh, I, 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 not that I give a damn. I just want to note that, um, and I'm sure you guys are up on it, that, uh, you know, the child uh, rapist uh, and friend of the president, Jeffrey Epstein, his, uh, was found, um, I'm not sure he was unconscious or what, on the floor of his uh, jail cell in New York, and I guess has been hospitalized. It appears he had um, maybe tried to hang himself or maybe tried to look like he was going to hang himself um, in an effort to, uh, you know, maybe get sprung from the jail. I don't know. And as I said, I don't care. Now, somebody else has said, you know, the fact that as somebody said, in any other time, even Republicans would have impeached this son of a bitch before sundown, given the Mueller report and given yesterday's, you know, boring testimony. But one person said, these two exchanges, and again, back to Schiff when he's talking to him. So Schiff says to Mueller yesterday, Trump and his campaign welcomed and encouraged Russian interference? Mueller. Yes. And then Trump, Schiff, and then Trump and his campaign lied about that and covered it up? Mueller. Yes. Now stop and think about it. Richard Nixon, with the Republicans agreeing, went down, came down, was outed, ousted from the White House because of a, a little teeny weeny little break in at the Democratic, uh, at the at the Democratic what DNC. Um, and here we have the findings of a report now on the current occupant of the White House, and we are told he knowingly encouraged Russian interference in our election to benefit him, that his own campaign chief was sharing polling information with Russians all the better for them to smartly wisely carefully do their job of dividing the American people and getting Trump elected 
and Republicans, the 2019 variety, call this decorated, honorable old man, Robert Mueller, un-American. Okay, for a little comic relief, and I, I have no idea how this happened. You, um, I know I saw some sound bites uh, when the president, the president, he, um, he talked at some, what was this, on Tuesday? He, he talked at uh, this summit of, of young Republicans. He was standing in front of the presidential seal and, you know, and, and doing, his, uh, doing his thing of, you know, word salad and, uh, and falsehoods. And the kids were eating it up. It's an organization called Turning Point USA. And they were having this big convention in Washington. So uh, Trump spoke. Here's what we didn't see. I remember, I saw the picture because you can see the presidential seal behind him. The presidential seal behind him was, um, was what do you call that? Uh, it, was, uh, it was an image projected. It was an image projected on the wall behind him. So it was not something you could pick up. It was coming from a projector. Well, I ask you to go look at that image because that ain't the presidential seal. In fact, it looks almost exactly like the Russian <laughs> the Russian presidential seal or the Russian seal. It looks like ours, but if you look closely, you see the eagle has two heads, not one. One's pointing this way, and the other head is pointing that way. And you know how the eagle in his talons on the presidential seal is holding, I don't know what. What's he holding in our, he wasn't, ho the, the, on the image in, when Trump was speaking, uh, the seal behind him had the, the eagle, the two-headed eagle, holding not like, I think like sheaves or whatever. I, I, he's holding golf clubs. I kid you not. The two-headed eagle is holding golf clubs in one hand, in one talon, claw, and in the other, it's holding money. Money. Somebody, how somebody managed this is beyond me. And nobody noticed. Because you sort of see what you... Russia's coat of arms has a two-headed eagle. <laughs> this coat of arms has a two-headed eagle. And also... Uh, it has a banner over the eagle in some language I don't understand um, that says 45S untitir. Okay, t that was supposed to be Spanish apparently, which in Spanish translates to 45 is a puppet. On the real seal, there's a banner with the U.S. motto, E Pluribus Unum, right? So somehow, <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, so the real seal has, in one hand, he's holding olive branches, the real presidential seal, and uh, the other is, what, arrows? Okay. Like, we're strong, that's the arrows, but we want peace. And they instead shopped that out and stuck in the two-headed Russian eagle 
and golf clubs and money. Why, that's just the most wonderful thing ever. And nobody knows how they did it. Nobody knows. Uh, here's someone from the somewhere there was a breakdown. I think it was uh, as simple as a rushed move, throwing up the image, and it was uh, the wrong one. Uh, it was an AV mistake. Yeah, blame the nerds in the audio-visual club, uh, audio-video club. It certainly was not our intention. The hotel, the Marriott Marquis, said, we, it wasn't us. We didn't do it. No one. So it says here that you got to look it up. The bird on the doctored seal closely resembles the double-headed eagle that has been Russia's coat of arms for centuries. Um, and then the golf clubs and the money. Hard to believe, but I mean... That gave me the uh, the only laugh of 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 my day. So it's incredible. Can we post that? Can I give it to? Do you have? Can you find that? Where did I get it? That's from fit the fix. And I don't know if that's gotten any. Um, Any other play? Um, Dorothea says, I'm less concerned about Mueller's performance yesterday in the hearing than I am of Mueller's performance in conducting the overall investigation. In my years on this planet, I have encountered many people who, although their heart is in the right place, they are just not capable of executing the mission. That is what we have with Mueller. Well, he sure did seem reluctant, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know if a different person had controlled it, and how the White House just stonewalled and, and won, and how he, he flat out said that he thought Trump lied in his written responses, which, by the way, he made under oath. Now, if you are under oath and you lie, that's called perjury, and you can go to jail. Ask Michael Cohen. And there's the special prosecutor agreeing that he lied. No charges. We know he also committed uh, crimes in regard to Stormy Daniels. We know he's feathering his nest. We know that this whole run for the White House was just another branding effort to make him money and possibly get him his hotel in Moscow. Golf clubs and money. God. Incredible. Okay. One other thing. My son was wearing, looked red to me. It was uh, faded, but a red, you know, baseball kind of hat. The other day I said, geez, you shouldn't be wearing red hats. People see a red hat now and they think you're a Trumpite. He said, I know. I see people looking whenever I wear, he wears hats a lot. He said, I see people looking at me. <laughs> and it turns out he's not alone. There was a whole article on how Trump has even managed to, well, the headline says, put the lid on red caps. What doesn't he destroy? So, fans of the Red Sox, uh, fans of the Kansas City Chiefs, the New Jersey Devils, these are, they, they got red caps. 
Lots of teams have red caps, right? Red is a very normal color for a team. So a lot of people who have who are sports fans um, and like the folks here in Pittsburgh wearing their Steeler and Pirate stuff, a lot of people like in Cincinnati, although that's Trump country, but who don't want to be mistaken for wearing a MAGA hat, um, have shelved <laughs> their hat. Here's, a, here's one guy, 37-year-old graphic designer in Florida who owns nearly 100 baseball caps, including several featuring his favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. He said, I didn't wear my Reds cap. I just don't feel comfortable wearing red baseball hats anymore. I don't want someone assuming I'm something that I'm not or that I represent something I think has become really ugly. Oh, people can't even wear their favorite hats because of this SOB in the White House. Promotional caps have also apparently been affected so that, um, I guess, Maker's Mark Bourbon has always had uh, red hats that they uh, put out. Um, and reporters, when asking uh, people, and, and they say, yeah, I used to wear that hat, but I don't wear it anymore. Here's, here's somebody from Madison, Wisconsin, one of my favorite hats is a red University of Wisconsin Badgers hat. But when I traveled, I would regularly notice glares from people I passed on the street. I don't want to be associated with MAGA, even mistakenly so. I stopped wearing my favorite hat. And what this tells you is, again, how Trump knows branding. He has managed to take red caps, and now if you wear one, that's a brand some people proudly wear, and others now are absolutely appalled that somebody might think that they're part of that crew when they're wearing a non-MAGA, but red hat. This piece says that some people who say they have taken their red headgear out of circulation see the choice as a matter of courtesy and empathy toward immigrants, minorities, and other groups that the president has targeted. Jeremiah McBriar, an IT worker in Missouri, says, It breaks my heart to think I can make someone be on guard and uncomfortable just by wearing my red baseball hat. Here's a sports lawyer in Kansas City. It's like, my God, he can't take red hats from us, too. But I guess he kind of has. Well, that'd be it. That was a sigh, but I ended on a sigh. I did not begin on a sigh, and that's pretty good. Um, oh, just quickly, Chuck writes, Reschenthaler got into the House by benefit of the new redistricting in 2000. Yeah, the gerrymandering. Oh, no, 
Oh, the new redistricting. Okay. In 2018, or sought the Republican nomination for Pennsylvania's 14th Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, the 14th district is the district Connor Lamb won by a slim margin before the redistricting forced Connor Lamb to run into. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. Okay. Uh, I'll see you guys Monday. My, uh, I'll tell you how glad I am. I'm not working Fridays. I really am. It's been good for me. So. Talk at you Monday. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.